Hello, and welcome to the divisional round of Spitball, <laughs> your weekly NFL podcast. I'm your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows. With me, as always, Marcus Henson. How are you, buddy? Very good, thank you. And what do we think of this weekend's playoff action? Well, I, I, I'm much more uh, happier with the sort of outcomes. It was much more interesting round of games, really. Yeah, I have to say, this weekend I was a lot more inspired, I was glued to my TV, didn't go out, didn't want to go out, just watching the games, some great games, and um, let's kick off with the first game of the weekend, which was of course Baltimore at Denver, number one seeds Denver, and... I'm pretty much sure we both thought Denver would take that one, didn't we? We thought I did think that was that was one for, especially with the way Manning controls the games early in the season. Um, it definitely looked like one for him to just simply control. We've seen what Joe Flacco does under pressure from a um, a decent uh, defense, which uh, you know they they Denver are. That's it because Manning normally gives him a lead and then it gives, gives him a lead and then control. Yeah, to absolutely. Just splits the quarterback and Von Miller does his thing and sacks the quarterback loads but scoring kicked off this week after Baltimore's first drive they punt it away then Trindon Holiday runs in a 90 yard punt return boy is that guy quick absolutely what do I do of course I go up to make a cup of tea because I believe it's a punt therefore I get a free um, free little pause before the advert breaks that is a coming how mistaken could I be <laughs> absolutely well we'll get onto this a bit later on when we get to that part of the game but did you make one at half-time as well and miss the start of the second half? No, I didn't. Not like half the fans <laughs> at Mile High where, what you call it, we <laughs> saw about a quarter of them were the only ones watching with all the empty seats. Yeah, we'll come to that in a second. So the scoring starts with, um, as we say, the 90-yard punt return by Trindon Holiday. Who uh, is so Unbelievable, quick. yeah. He's a great returner as well. He's and kind only, of only in five, the mould of Hester. Only five foot five as well. He's down at down in sprawl size. Is that why he gets through so many tackles? Because they're just too tall. Low centre of gravity, exactly. Yeah. His his body is intrinsically just so much harder to get a grip on because you know it's there's not that as much mass there. So that's what when they put their arms out to tackle him, they're tackling Absolutely. him in there because they have to go down to tackle him. They have to go down to tackle him. <laughs> not only that is he's just got the, the the burst of pace where what you call it, you're just going for arm tackles and even a small guy like that with a great low centre of gravity, he can rush through those arm tackles. Didn't they say as well in the commentary that he had Olympic speed? He was, yes. They were saying that he was uh, about a, a ten point below a ten point two yeah, hundred meters. He was a, a hopeful back in college to possibly make the Olympic team until he found uh, a calling um, with him returning for the NFL. That and running sub ten point two doesn't really get you anywhere these days because you need to be running sub. Yes, unfortunately, to win uh, yeah, unfortunately, ever since you know. Uh, Bolts come on the scene. It's yeah, that's exactly it. For those who couldn't actually see that, my uh, my co-host here decided to pull the pose, pull the bolt out the uh, out the bag. But yeah, absolutely. The, the guy, as far as NFL speed goes, completely padded up, just ran that flat out, and it was it was amazing to watch. Yeah, and it kind of kicked off what was a, a mad two minutes of scoring, really, because following that you had. Um, Ravens' next possession, where they scored on a 59-yard touchdown to Torrey Smith. Great throw by Flacco. We give him a lot of stick, but it was a bit of a clutch situation, and he pulled a big throw out of the bag. And I always find it funny when quarterbacks throw a deep pass, because it almost looks like they're just leaning back and just hoping, s- hoping just slinging it into the air. And you don't realise the precision that's actually gone into that pass when it really looks like just the throw and, and hope. 
There is a lot of talent there also on the other end by um, by Smith because he, I think, he's a great receiver this year. He's really come out of bounds. I mean, lot gone through a lot of diversity um, this year. Unfortunately, lost his his brother early on in the season. Yes, he did. Yeah. Managed to play on well within twenty four hours um, of that incident and won the MVP of the game because of it. Yeah, he was just completely shone out for me. I mean. Champ Bailey is a great corner, and he made him look so old. Oh, didn't he just? Tory Smith's speed, just Bailey I, I couldn't mean, handle it. Bailey, he's 35, um, he's had a great career, and he's probably he's probably in the downturn. It, admittedly, you know, 35 as a corner, look what's happened to, say, someone like Rondé Barber. He's known when his corner days are up. He's turned to a safety, done a quite good job this year. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll see Champ Bailey move back that way as well. I but... think possibly it might have to be, because he just looked... I mean, there was there was another occasion. Again, we'll get on that later. But it, it was at least two or three times a day. I mean, there was another play that got dropped, wasn't it? it got overshot. Yeah. Again, Bailey completely out of his depth. Um, it was basically as as you call a highlight reel. This was a low light reel for um, Champ Bailey on Bailey. Yeah, just purely because of the speed factor. Everything else, fundamental wise, aggression on the line is everything you want to. Oh, bumping to on the line. Yeah. yeah. Anything within that sort of definitive first Five fifteen. Yards. The first 15 is basically, if you're going to pull under a sort of um, a, a low man zone going before you hit the, the over two in the safeties, that sort of first 15. You've got the first five yards, which you can play a little bit rough and tumble, and then that first th- those 10 yards are pretty much just 10 steps backwards, which are easy to keep up with. It tends to be once you break the first 15, that's when you have the problems, and you'll notice people who have the definitive speed will start to break out that yard space. Mm. So, within the first 15, he's still amazing. And maybe he becomes, like you said, either does a Rondé and goes to safety, where, as a free safety, he can play as an overwatch. He's got the experiences, he knows where to look for within the ball, reading the quarterback. Or maybe he'll come in and he'll be the definitive like um, pr- uh, protection um, zone guy. Yeah, maybe like a nickel corner marking the uh, tight ends or kind something. Kind of, yeah, but yeah. W- rather than being the man into it, he'd, he'd be the... I mean, yes, with a tight end, you probably, yeah, still still pace for pace. And you know what? He's still good enough to smack them squarely in the mouth as well. Absolutely. And then following on from that, we had Peyton Manning come out on his what was his first drive of the game. Yeah. And lo and behold, he did what Peyton Manning does. Well, almost. He did throw a touchdown pass, but it was an interception to Corey Graham. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm for one here, which I, I must admit, they were a bit... Ooh and ring on the TV. I don't know how you were ooh and ring at home, guys, but I think I agree with the ref's decision that it was what they call a a, a bang bang play, where literally, though the contact may have been coincidentally just that fragment of a second too early, yeah. As it is within that heartbeat and it's just going bang bang, you're not going to be able to judge within the sort of ramifications of you being ten yards off the play on the the, the line judge who it would have been the guy to call. You're 10 yards sort of on the sideline watching for the infringement and you're literally going to see as ball is literally that sort of maybe an inch or two away from the hand, the hit. Yeah. That happens in the tenth of a second. Your brain's not going to process as that. Yes, super slow-mo. Oh, look, we can break this down and say that was early. But I think as far as the refs got, they got that beautiful, great was the defender to be there to catch the tip. That's what the tip drew is there for. And then bang, straight into the end zone. Yeah, and they do say when they're doing the reviews, don't they, that they judge it on real time. So even though when it slows down, if you can see that millisecond where it is, as you say, bang, bang, 
they have to go by what the line judge would have seen and so you can't you got to put you yourself in their shoes that's it and you can't call something like that and what a great way to start the game it was literally that two minutes of just pure scoring like 21 points in two minutes and it was like well we're not going to get the defensive struggle are we in this one ensuing Denver drive Peyton Manning stepped up again drove his side 74 yards capped it off with a 15 yard pass to his old mate Brandon Stokely that was absolutely a gift of a beautiful throw, wasn't it? And even better catch, I think, as well. Over his shoulder, managing to keep... We got his foot and the knee down in bounds. It was the, it? Yeah, it was the knee that was the definitive one. It was absolutely amazing. Literally, I think you could have got maybe, if you're lucky, a, an inch out of the grass between the knee and the white uh, chalk of the sideline. But that's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. A great, uh, a great catch. And it'll be in the highlights if you go to the blog there's highlights of all the games we'll talk about today all the divisional playoff games um so moving further down into the game Manning starts to go no huddle in the second quarter and leads them on another scoring drive completing a touchdown pass to uh moreno who yeah. seems to be having a decent game before he got yeah. injured coming out coming out the backfield I, I do like moreno i think he's really good he's that sort of that difference between uh to to McGahey. Just, you know, he's got that slightly different thing. McGee's definitely, he's an old school guy. You know, he'll, he'll smack in between the numbers, you know. He'll hit the A and the B gaps. easy peasy all day long. But, I mean, Moreno is so much more a weapon to be used outside the box or in, um, what we call them, screens and other such sort of like... Great like, in pass protection. Great in pass protection. I think he's, he's kind of underrated. And I don't think, maybe it's the system where he's not getting as many carries... But I think I think he's one to watch. Once McGay he calls uh, hangs up his head because I think he's got a good five six years in him Moreno. Whereas I think McGay he might just have maybe the one or two left. Well yeah he's getting on a bit now isn't he yeah. McGay? He's over thirty. We know he's had um, before this injury he's had a double knee surgery which he had before he went to Buffalo from his college days. So he's yeah. done very well. Absolutely, and still one of my favourite backs. So I maintain that it helps that he's come through Buffalo. But we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. Both sides were making some great coaching adjustments, I think, throughout that entire first half. It was kind of punch and counter-punch, as it were, because we had the mad two minutes, 14-7, Ravens, Broncos got their head switched back on again. One score, then another score to make it 21-14. So after the counter-punch in the first half, finished off with a uh, leaping touchdown grab by Smith. And again, this was to do with... Champ Bailey and it was all about how Torrey Smith was able to take a couple of steps backwards at full speed. It was the breakdown Champ Bailey sort of, again his experience told him, he read where he was, he had the inside position he had the hand up ready to deflect it he saw the trajectory of the ball and he knew that if he carried on his route with the receiver behind him sort of edging him closer towards the end zone, he's either going to make a deflection, make an interception or basically he's going to make it so that if the receiver does catch it, he's going to catch it out of bounds Weapons there, Toy Smith suddenly sees this, it's a stops on the throne slightly on the throne slightly on the throne, stops on the dime then instead, turns around, cuts it back loose, now what's got you see Champ Bailey stumble because what he was leaning he against, falls into well, the end zone, apparently falls in, there's a photographer he nearly takes out, because that's he's basically as as they teach it, what you call it, you're leaning into the receiver, yeah. using him to prop up. Smith moves backwards, turns just on that dime, leaps up in front of the trajectory, catches it, and then it's just simply into the end zone while Champ Bailey's stumbling out. I I saw it, that was the definitive moment for me there, and I sat and went, Champ Bailey, I'm sorry, man, you look 
Oh, you look out of it. Time to put him on a different receiver. You thought a different receiver. I thought they needed to, like you said, this counter punches. That is a that is a punch. That you've just taken one square to the jaw there. I mean, seriously, you've got uh, you got to do something there if you're going to stop the bleeding. Yeah, well, I honestly thought they would. Coming out of the uh, second half, the opening kickoff, uh, Baltimore kicked to Denver. Why did you kick it to the guy who's just returned you a 90-yarder? Yeah, um, and Trindon Holiday pulled it out of the bag again, a 104-yard kickoff return, not even touched, I no, don't think. there is some great blocking downfield. Yeah. Literally, the gap's just opened. Ravens don't understand what it is. It's quite simple, right? For anyone who's never done it before, basically, when you're on kickoff, like, chasing it down, the field is divided into lanes, and you're just told you run your lane. No matter how the ball progresses, if the kick's supposed to go straight down the middle true and it pulls right, doesn't matter. You don't come from the left side. You don't pull in right. You stick to your lane and you defend your lane. It was absolutely abominable sort of control there and discipline. The guys chase the ball. If you chase the ball, you over-pursuit. And then as what it does is then the uh, the offensive team then just cuts those exit routes and then bang, they're open for the um, the return guy. And literally all he's then going to see is those lanes empty. There's no guy in them. Because they're all, let's just imagine, you've got 11 guys in the field, ignore the kicker, so the just 10 lanes from sideline to sideline. You stick in your lane, it should be fine, you're going to cover down. People, Guys will compress. You break lane coverage once the guy's gone past you and chase in pursuit, not beforehand. Complete undiscipline. Therefore, I mean, you saw Harbour just ripping into special teams. I mean, yeah, there was one or two of them who, who I, I noticed on the sideline got picked out for special duty. I'm guessing they were the guys who missed, whose lanes became open. Yeah, so we'll um, quickly finish up on, on this game now by saying uh, there was a quote before the game, which um, something that happened in the second half I found quite funny. There was a big deal made, I think, about Peyton Manning wearing gloves because of his neck surgery, it being obviously colder than it has been in Denver, so yeah. he wanted to make sure he had a grip on the ball. Joe Flacco, for some reasons, came out and said, well, he wouldn't need to wear gloves for whatever reason. Maybe it's a, a man thing. But it didn't really seem to help him as he fumbled a snap in the second half, which Denver recovered. So, uh, well, <laughs> there you go. Joe, maybe next time in the cold in Denver, wear gloves. Moving on. Um, again, there's so many counter punches in this game. We got to a point where, with just over seven minutes left in the game, Peyton Manning throws the go-ahead touchdown to Demarius Thomas, make it 35-28. At that point, I'm thinking, game over. game over. Denver were looking strong. Baltimore were struggling again to move the ball. But on their final possession of the fourth quarter, with just over 30 seconds left in the game, what happened? Denver's supposed to be playing prevent. And what happened? Jacoby Jones catches a 70-yard touchdown pass where he is effectively wide open I haven't seen anyone that more wide open since when I beat Mickey with Donald Jones on Madden last week <laughs> but it was just criminal isn't it to be leaving someone wide open when you're supposed to be playing prevent it's the fact is I have no idea what the full safety's thinking that you as a free safety you, you're basically playing over the full the full length of the field because you're going back into that deep cover one and literally there should be nobody deeper than you why he decided to come in and try and choke off the route with the completely wrong angle. If you're going to play the guy, the time is expiring. Play over the guy. If he makes the catch, he's going to catch it with 15 yards of space in front of him. 
it's fine. There's no chance that all the big guys up on the offensive line are going to rumble, bumble up there in time to snap the ball. And of course, they needed a touchdown. They couldn't have had a field goal. Why you then played underneath, basically leaving yourself exposed if you don't actually make the interception. Oh, no, what's that? There you go. Yeah, the tied score. The look on Jacoby Jones's face was almost as if he couldn't also believe how freely he was getting this ball. It's the look on his face. I mean, firstly, it was his first catch of the game. Jacoby Jones is being used as that sort of third he, guy. And a kick return punt. And a kick return punt. return. You are he's the sort of Smith's feeling a little bit sluggish, you know, he's been catching left, right and centre, beating Champ Bailey all day. Bolden had a lot of tough catches, beautiful ones that he was like getting them in tight coverage and then getting slammed like sandwiched between two defenders and bang, stepping up going, It don't matter hard as nails and then Jacoby Jones is just that other guy to fill in yeah absolutely <laughs> so, so the look on his face where he's pretty much his only catch of the day where he's been thrown to that open and it's just it's it was tie crazy. the game as to well tie the playoffs game. Ray Lewis potential last game it, it's honestly like someone there and just turn the defensive brain power of all the of the Denver team off and the one thing as well just to finish off with we know um, Baltimore ended up winning this one in overtime. Second overtime with a field second. goal. Second. Oh. The thing that gets me is 31 seconds left on the clock. Denver get the ball back on their 20-yard line. 31 seconds knee. on the clock. Two, possibly three timeouts. Peyton Manning as your quarterback. You spent all that money on him. Yep. Why'd you take a knee there? Yeah. Any people like me who stupidly stayed up thinking this will be over quick after the overtime and stayed to watch through to double overtime. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, if you struggled through like me, you were definitely wondering why they didn't go through it with the 30 seconds and save us, what was it, better part of... Uh, uh, half an hour, it was minutes. It was closer to, say, 50 minutes. It was crazy. But we'll move swiftly on from that one now because... I feel we've done enough of that, we've done yeah. Enough of that, but it was Sorry to bore you. Yeah, exactly, but it was a great game to watch. I say, check out the highlights. Um, next up was the Green Bay versus San Francisco game. Mm. And there's a young quarterback there that Kappa I think... Nick. Kaepernick. Kaepernick. Exactly. Marcus getting a little bit excited there. What's his name, sorry? Kaepernick. Colin Ka- Oh, wow. I mean, I, I, I haven't rated this guy because I've been kind of watching what he's doing. I'm kind of like, I'm really not a fan of this whole mobile quarterback doing the... Marcus is very old school. If you could see the look on his face not, uh, right now, you'd see like a grumpy old man in a cap and a pipe right now, I think. Absolutely. I, I, yes. I mean, I, I would have preferred Aaron Rodgers. I like the pocket pass. I mean, I know he uses his legs, but he's going to throw first and the, the whole process there. Give me... Get get me Brett Favre back. Get me Brett Favre. That's what I say. Good old um, gunslinger. Gunslinger. That's what we want. None of this whole mobility. I can. I, I'm the most amazing athlete on the pitch. What's going on that with your quarterback? I don't understand. So don't even get him started on RG3. <laughs> but it was a great game to watch. And to be fair to him, Kaepernick. I mean, he was close for my offensive impact player. But he was my, awe-inspiring. Yeah, I mean, he had what, two throwing touchdowns, two on the ground as well. It was. It was the one because, like I said, I haven't rated the play of of this new generation of quarterback and him coming in. He'd had a couple of games. I mean, he he, he only managed to get a tie with St. Louis. I must admit, I watched that game not just being a St. Louis Rams fan, but um, I honestly thought we would go get a win at one point because he, his his judgment making, not just that ideology, but also it was just the mechanics didn't quite seem to sync up. My word, did he have that defense absolutely? 
completely sussed. But they also lost to St. Louis as well, didn't they? they yeah. In the follow-up game and yeah. to Seattle. So Yeah, that's why I didn't trust him. But I must admit, the repercussions of this game, I'm literally backing this guy um, to make it to the Super Bowl now. Just literally watching that, and it was almost sort of like someone slapped him and said, you got to raise your game, Sunshine. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't that amazing getting into the playoffs... Yeah, you know, to take they, this they were far. ranked number two. Yeah, so you've managed to have the extra week off, that extra practice. Yeah, and uh, Michael Crabtree as well. Oh wow, second year receiver. Did he choose a time to when to turn up? I mean, I don't even think we spoke about him this year. What, no, what a really. time to get onto our podcast, mate. Yeah, absolutely. When it counts, when it's exactly. win or go home. Exactly. All cliches and everything. But <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of the rest of that game? Kaepernick aside, what, what did you um, think about Green Bay and Rodgers? I don't think they've run the ball enough. I like the fact that it goes through Rodgers and everything does because that let's think he is the heartbeat of the team. He gets it all going, going through those receivers. They're they're like the arteries. They pump it all around the team because literally he's just passing it off to them, and that seems to make it work. When you look at their out. receiving core, you would have to say they probably have as a total combined receiving core. They probably have the best receiving oh, core. In, you've in got the to league. say they have. I mean, you've got you've got Jennings, Jones, you've got Cobb, and. The one Jordy Nelson. Nelson, the one that's uh, Donald uh, Driver on his way out. Dri- yeah, Donald Driver. I mean, he's been he's been used very sparingly. Jamaica Finley, once he actually turns the attitude off, yeah, that is a great receiving court. Injury prone this year, very much so. Attitude prone as well, unfortunately so. But at the same time, when they are on, they are on. Yeah, Jones had great- an awesome catch as well, didn't he? Down the sideline in this match, Jones, one that I'll have to find jo- the highlight. Jones for you. has been the one who's really impressed me this year because there's been a couple of games he's had two free touchdown games this year I mean he has had a lot more um, play time once Jordy Nelson went down because yeah. of course Jordy Nelson was the guy last year yeah, you absolutely. could not deny I mean I even fell for it putting him into my fantasy team this year and literally nothing yeah that's it get Jones in the fantasy teams next year I think. exactly um, and then he'll do nothing no that's just me um, we're so, going to fight for him I'll yeah. have to try and fix it so I get first pick again <laughs> <laughs> it was a computer generated honestly <laughs> no, um, but no Jones the work ethic the output that guy as well he is, he's literally putting his body in some really nasty positions where uh, he's taking a nasty lick or two this year real nasty and lick. he's put himself in a really bad position where he's likely to get rammed <laughs> Moving swiftly on. I'm a, you you I, were setting me up there. I had to go with it. I, I'm trying not to laugh at it. I'm trying not to laugh at it. It just encourage you. But anyway, let's move on with the game. Um, San Francisco ended up coming away with the victory. Green Bay just seemed to fade away, didn't they, towards the end of this one? It seemed to almost give in a little bit. Like I said, the problem is, without the decent run game to open up the passing game early on, it became one-dimensional. And that is, I'm not taking any way saying one-dimensional made them easy to play against as defence. That defence can win on its own right. Yeah. Definitely not saying so. 49er fans, you know, not saying your defense is weak. I'm saying what there is is once you condense it down to an easier format to digest, your defense starts to get on a roll. It starts to pick up on sort of the vibes that the offense is giving off. Once that starts working in your favor, it's much easier than it happens. Even with NFL teams, you watch the head start to go down. I think it broke out. Once it broke out, I think it was the 17 points, was it, the biggest margin? I think once it broke out a 17-point margin of um, they were winning it at one point, I think that's when it really it sort of sunk in to the Packers that they got a long, lonely... Um, flight home. Long, yeah, flight home, unfortunately. Moving on from that, well, a little uh, interval in between the games. 
I'm going to slide in my impact players of the week. And it comes back to... May I go first, sir? Yes, of course you may. Um, it comes back to the Baltimore-Denver game. Mm-hmm. The reason being, my offensive impact player is not so much offence, not so much defence, but I'm putting him in offence because he scored 14 points. Trindon Holiday is my impact player Absolutely. of the week with his punt return kick return not only were they 90 yards and 104 yards he's also now the first player to have both a punt return and a kick return for a touchdown in a postseason game mm. an amazing achievement it's I quite feel. a record to have that especially when you're coming on the back of the likes of Hester and Tedgin Jr and people like that who are renowned for their kick returning great achievement for the more, young lads more, more excitement to come next year hopefully absolutely and for my defensive impact player sticking with the same game purely because there was one guy that stood out you're talking Baltimore defence you're thinking Ed Reed you're thinking Suggs you're thinking Mr Ray Lewis he did have you're a great game you're thinking Nada but the man who stood out for me this week Corey Graham the guy who took the first interception back for a touchdown he also had the icing interception in overtime as well, which set them up in field goal position. Mm-hmm. Eight tackles on top of that combined, three pass deflections. He was everywhere. He was exactly what you needed someone to do. Step up. When they're looking to avoid the key players in the defence, keep it away from Lewis, keep it away from Reed. Bang, he was there saying, well, actually, you need to keep it away from me as well because I ain't going anywhere. So, I think what a great performance. Defensive impact player alright and yourself mate myself so again I'll start with my offensive impact player and I'm going to go this week we've just been talking about the guys Colin Kaepernick for me I mean there's nothing better than watching him do what he did I mean he broke the the all purpose running yards in a postseason game the 200 yards plus of offence over the air the touchdowns the guy was literally on fire and I mean my misconceptions towards him got completely blown out of the water. For me, the impact really was on me, myself, not just the game that he had, but for me, wow, guy literally, and probably all the other doubters, gave us a right good in the face. absolutely, a slap slap around in the face. (laughs) And for that, I mean, there's no no other really word of impact. When you're slapping me around the face, that's an impact I'm feeling. I really want to slap you in the face right now. <laughs> no, I'm sure we, I'm sure we can find a different soundbite. We don't have to actually do it for real. Okay, then yeah, no worries. And for my for my defensive impact player, I have to go give it to. Um, it's a bit of a, a crazy reason this week, but it has to go to Brand Spikes for the the dance. <gasps> what you talking about, I know he didn't make much impact as far as the game went. I think he had about three tackles was it over the, the entire course of the game but for me if you haven't seen the clip yet I don't know if Andrew put it on the block but it's literally the new way that we are now going to signal first downs all referees have agreed to start doing this the, the Brandon Spikes dance which is what we're going to do is we're going to get our boogie on it's going to be a boogie first down honestly go online to the NFL.com <laughs> check it out They um, it was after the turnover the fumble uh, recovered by New England and the guy decided to uh, to show us his creativity in, in letting us all know that it was New England ball. And for me, <laughs> that made me laugh so much that it, it's gained his uh, approval to win the Ray, Mr. Ray Lewis Award <laughs> for the de- defensive impact player. 
Well, Mr. Ray Lewis is a great dancer, <laughs> himself, isn't he? So, We've uh, seen Mr. Ray Lewis dancing on his entrances into MNC Bank Stadium, so uh, I'm sure, uh, as far as commending someone else for their boogie skills, he wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, we shall get a clip of that alongside <laughs> the uh, alongside the podcast as well. And um, on the Mr. Ray Lewis theme, there's also some career highlights of Mr. Lewis because we genuinely don't know when his last when his game is going to be. So I'm trying to cram as much in before the end Fingers of the season crossed. as I can. And unfortunately for you guys out there, I'm also thinking about maybe doing a special Goodbye Mr. Ray Lewis show. So we'll have to uh, think about that, see what we can come up with, because I'm sure we can come up with maybe 10, 20 minutes worth of material to talk about the great man himself and throw in some highlights. Knowing me and Adri, we'll probably spin it out for about 40, so... Yeah, probably, yeah. (laughs) It's it's not like we have a short talk about football these days, is it? (laughs) No. Right, so let's get on to the it's last Trouble two. shutting us up, that's the problem. Well, yes, <laughs> especially you over there. All right, calm down, sunshine. Someone put a little something in your tea today, did they? <laughs> right, so let's move on to the Atlanta versus Seattle game, the first one up on Sunday night. Wow. Yeah, boy. Way to start a Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Atlanta just for me came out of nowhere we've been slating them for weeks again <laughs> I think they're listening to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> people are listening well they've got no defence whatsoever uh, guess um, who turned up in the first <laughs> yeah the Atlanta defence by chance well it wasn't the Seahawks was it <laughs> no Jesus I mean it was crazy the way what we've been we've been basically doing a role, role reversal we're praising the Seahawks defence for keeping them in games this year although we know they can't play on the road yeah, that was the one week. Is all year they've done this where they impure. I mean, if you're a Seahawks fan, I mean, you must be bashing your head against the wall because I bet you wish that was in Quest Field. Oh, absolutely! Um, that made such a difference. Also, with the projections that it was, Quest Field was under about two inches of snow that day. Oh, wow. So, therefore, that would have been a load of fun, actually, to see how um, the old air-conditioned Georgia Dome um, travellers would have fared in it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what a start to the game, though. I mean, Seahawks just looked like the shell of a team, didn't they? And Atlanta were 20 nil up at half-time, weren't they? Well, it was just... it's, it's the way it was seen that um, Russell Wilson... Um, was having trouble sort of really connecting with his receivers and they really understood where what, what to do with Lynch. Russell Wilson was playing like Ralph Wilson, who's 94. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, was... Lynch, Lynch, I mean, that's that's the, the bedrock of what's made Seahawks work at times, which is um, Lynch will pound you until you can't do any more and then when you, when you think about... Don't worry about, about the innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you... I'm sure you're the only one who picks up on it. Everyone else is thinking football... You, Adri, you're thinking so. No, our good friend, uh, Spamhead Productions, who edits this for us, picks up on every innuendo every week. Well, I don't mean it like that. I'm thinking (laughs) football, like a proper person. Okay. So, as we said, okay, so. Lynch will pound you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He'll pound you into submission. There, take that one. If we're going to go with it, we're going to do it properly. Um, That's what she said. But anyway, uh, and that will open up for Wilson to then put in his um, play action, his option plays, and you literally don't know what to do. And then uh, he's one of the best passes off the ball using that run. I mean, it's one of the most difficult talents to teach. It's it's most of the time it's unteachable. You have to just have the raw natural skill to be able to throw on the run, and he has it, and he puts it perfectly. There was one pass to Golden Tate, and it was absolutely sublime the way it just came off rolled off the wrist as he's pulling out over to the right and literally this is cutting across about 20 yards in a dead bullet and it did was... Tate catch this one or was yes, it one of the ones it... he dropped no this was one of the ones he actually managed to drop so that was the other thing what as well you mean he caught 
So you mean he actually managed to catch it? <laughs> he actually managed to drop it. What a legend! <laughs> yeah, he actually managed to catch it. Opposed to what was happening, I mean, it wasn't just him though, was no, it? it? The entire receiving core seemed to. Um, well, <laughs> they were lacking our San Diego stickum. They? <laughs> they were, they were, they were, they were lacking the San Diego stickum. Yeah. So it just, but it just didn't seem to work. I mean, I think a lot of the time, the pressure that was some insane pressure Atlanta sent. They put the trust they put on their secondary to sort of hold the team together because they left them on their own a lot. Yeah. And if you hadn't been for quite a few drops in, in clutch situations, it would have been a totally different ball game. But yeah. Matt Ryan, I mean, wow. The only thing I will say, though, is in the Seattle defence, one of the only people that probably did show up in the first half because he was responsible for keeping <laughs> Falcons to a couple of field goals um, was Sherman. Mm. There was a couple of times where... Roddy White was clean through the middle. He was literally his eyes lit up. He was thinking touchdown all the way, and Sherman managed to get yeah, back. And that was that was a great matchup there to to watch because he very had physical. It very physical. There's a lot of during, weren't there? Only other person who I saw who really came out made the impact in the first half was Brandon Browner. Yeah, absolutely. Both of the corners. Yeah, and literally that's because Matt Ryan had such a free press on what he was doing, and then bang, what happens is Atlanta found their run game in Jaquees Rogers. Yeah, he came out of nowhere as well, didn't he? Really, he was just um, great change of pace on uh, well, it's, it's, Turner. Yeah, Turner's just the, literally he's the tank that's literally going to just charge the defenses, running and pounding it, and then this lightning just out of nowhere. And Turner had some massive gains as well, to be fair. Didn't well, he? he just he started to he just pulverized once they started to to play on the speed. It's quite easy then to introduce the pounding, sort of the, the raw sp- uh, strength yeah. behind it, because then all you're going to do is they're playing to speed, therefore you're going to break off your, your normal coverage, whereas you're going to keep nice and tight, um, almost like that strong brick wall. You want to create a nice interlocking weave, because that's the strongest defence where you've got a lot of guys being able... Because Turner, you need to make two tackles on. Two yeah, guys need absolutely. to put on. Whereas they, what they had to do is they had to spread out the, the defence to accumulate for all the different run lanes that Rodgers could get through. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do you do? Because then once you spread people out, then Turner's rumbling and bumbling through about two or three arm tackles. And it's just, it's not enough. So start of the second half, 20 nil down. Seattle managed to pull a touchdown back. And you're thinking this could be the start of a comeback. Atlanta answers straight back, 27-7. Again, a 20-point gap. And at that point, you are wondering... Whether they when they've got it in them to come back or not, and they were saying so the interception set up the Seattle go ahead touchdown by Marshawn Lynch, which was a hairy moment for a, wasn't it? Because Lynch has uh, run into the end zone from about a yard out, but as he's run in, it's fumbled. Bumbly, so bumbly, bumbly. Did it break the plane of the goal line? Also, then well, hit the that- fumble ricocheted back off his shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> straight in, straight into an offensive lineman's hands. He took it in for the touchdown, but they were saying that well. The- that it would come back and that it wouldn't be a touchdown for the offensive line. The problem would, would be with the that you cannot gain from a fumble. You see, it's one of the principal rules that um, you, that way you can't just fumble it forward and the, intrinsically, and the same as you can't uh, you can't fumble it uh, within um, the lateral movement. So though you can pass laterally, you can't. The fumble can't be then lateraled and then forward. In possession, uh, um, yeah, I'm with you. though it wouldn't matter anyway, because of course he did cross the plane. I think what was more concerning was the the the, the stack of fumbleitis that was that was happening really, because there was the one in the first half, um, and again he just didn't look quite so sure on the ball. But luckily this this time it's just slightly superlative strength just managed to get him free. get him over the goal. But yeah, get the, get the ball to break the plane of the goal line, which yes. is all he needed to do. 
And then that left 31 seconds on the clock. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Tick-tock, Atlanta, 31 seconds. Well, so it was about 30 seconds. I know <sighs> the Denver was 31 seconds, but again, it was, it was a similar sort of time scale. There weren't time left. And well, Matt shouldn't Ryan... Have been, shouldn't have been time left. Exactly. Matt Ryan managed to pull out two great throws, um, and the final one being to Tony Gonzalez to set him up in great field goal position. Um, and Bryant... Little bit cheeky. We were having a bit of a discussion about this earlier. Seattle called a timeout just as Atlanta were going for the game-winning kick. And although the timeout had called and the refs had blown the whistle, Atlanta still snapped Snapped the ball and Bryant still kicked, which he missed. So my point here is that's gaining an unfair advantage by playing after the whistle and the team of rightly or wrongly called a timeout before you're due to take the kick anyway but that's kind of within the rules but then for you to then go one step further and effectively cheat by getting a side to kick in when the game's on the line what are your thoughts I didn't like it I must admit I'm not a big fan of icing the kicker I must admit what do you call it he's going to miss or he's going to score it has its pros and cons doesn't it if you've got an experienced kicker if you try to ice him chances are it just gives him more time to compose himself and kick the game winning field goal I mean, we saw one um, earlier this week where I can't remember the, the actual kicker who did it, but he actually tucked the ball and the cleat hit about two inches before the ball. Yeah. And then shocking kick afterwards and bounced up. Might have been the Denver game. That one movement from place, foot, swing, leg, kick ball is undetermined, really. Though you sit there and say, yes, you know, experience and stuff like that. But a lot of the time is kicking a ball and at the same chance, how many times you're going to flip a coin, you know, how many times you're going to correctly predict it you know yeah, I'd liken it as well to a penalty shootout it's a bit like World Cup final you're going up to take what could be the game winning penalty and just you're about to take it the ref blows his whistle stops you gives you an extra sort of 30 seconds to calm yourself down take yourself out of the pressure situation try and convince yourself in your mind it's just like training and just another kick and it gives you more time to prepare and especially if as the ref blows his, after the ref blows his whistle you kick one into the back of the net anyway that's really going to relax the mind isn't it because you just hammered one past the keeper she's like well actually that I've wasn't so hard <laughs> i got this one lads it's okay don't mind me you know can you imagine the the kerfuffle, shall we say, if someone did do that in a World Cup final. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, they'd take it in a grand contection that we do that. this. We sort of let it slide almost like, oh, well, you shouldn't have iced the kicker, should you? Um, but at the same time, you're sitting there going, yeah, but it's like a rangefinder. Yeah, absolutely. You can sit there and go, oh, okay, so I'm not sure about the, the actual mechanics of kicking the ball, by the way, about where you put your foot and stuff, but say... This one went, what, maybe two yards to the right? It did the original yeah, kick, went about, two yards to the right. about two yards to the right. So he sits and goes, right, maybe he does something like um, moves his left foot a little bit more out to go left. Yeah, either a standing <laughs> foot or the way he brings his foot for the follow-through, yeah. Exactly, so then he just goes, okay, so I want to turn this about five yards, accumulating for the wind, so I want to turn about five yards into the, the left. So therefore, he's now sat there and gone, right, now I know what to do on the second one, because you're not going to ice him twice, aren't you? No. You well, can't, you, well, you can't, can't because you can't. it's a penalty, <laughs> ironically. <laughs> so therefore, um, what are you going to do? You've, you've literally just sat there and he's just gone, right, well, you know the length that you've got to kick it, because that's easy enough, because yeah. you know where you're on now the you field. Now you know the angle. Now you know the angle, and so actually, yeah. Our call to referees is, if you're going to make some rule changes, put that in. If you blow the whistle and you wave your arms, and then that ball gets snapped... 
that's got to be flag, 10 or 15 yard penalty, something that will make them think twice because it will kick them out of well, field goal I'm, range I'm, a majority of time. I'm pretty sure that if you were to sort of play on, a, say, a timeout in a normal play, or even say, like, they do, like, a full start, they try and literally kill the play dead as soon as you can. Yeah, they blow it dead before it even starts. And then you pass that bomb. I happen to know that more likely you, they're going to call you. If you've suddenly, they've called it dead, and then Aaron Rodgers just goes... Chucks it all, or Tom Brady just goes, pump, pumps back and just goes for the lob to Brandon Lloyd as he's running up the sideline just so they can judge how far he needs to throw it. Yeah. The rest going to be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, it's an unsportsmanlike conduct yeah. foul, isn't it? Which is 15 yards. Exactly. So I don't understand where you take that in a different contextion, put it a kicker instead of Tom Brady. How's that any different? And not to mention, obviously, my grief in the earlier part of the season where the coach gets a penalty against him <laughs> for throwing a challenge flag on, when a, on a on a, cha- it was Schwartz, a review it? play. Sorry, yeah, exactly. On so an instant review play, if you challenge when it, it was instincts and he got flagged oh. for it, and yet the kickers get away with that. But anyway, we'll leave it there for now because we've still got one more game to go and uh, rapidly running out of time. And, yeah, rapidly running <laughs> out of time slash overtime. Anyway. Uh, well, we've had double game. overtime now, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. then we're allowed to have yeah, one overtime. Yeah, there you overtime. go. How about we'll have a double <laughs> overtime this week in honour of <coughs> the Baltimore-Denver game. Yeah, yes. that'll work. Okay, so let's move on then, finally, to Houston versus New England, which was my... ...last week, because, admittedly, um, I couldn't go with Seattle, so I managed to avoid that one there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the New England game, Houston, I was expecting it to be a whitewash for New England. See, I didn't expect it to be a whitewash, but it definitely got easily controlled, wasn't it? It was the the first quarter jitters. I mean, firstly, Houston, you're given the opportunity. Take it. What are you guys oh, doing? Oh, the opening kickoff that went 90... 90 yards, yards, and then your tight end. Because it wasn't Daniels, it was the other tight end. I can't remember your name. Oh, Garrett Graham or uh, John Casey. Oh, God, and if there's two of them, now you've really thrown me. Anyway, Mr. Tight What Titan- number was he wearing? I can't remember. Tight end who isn't Owen Daniels. Listen up and listen it's carefully. John Casey, but could be Garrett Graham. <laughs> when it is thrown <laughs> into your hands, you wrap your hands around the ball and secure. You don't let it bounce off against the Patriots in Foxborough. Because if you're putting on three... Trust me, it won't be what, it won't be too long until Tom Brady's putting seven on you. Yeah, absolutely. Three, seven... I'm pretty sure you're losing by four every time. And this was what the problem was. Every time they got a decent drive, they weren't capitalising on it. They had... The defence was working. It had Tom Brady sussed out. It had a couple good drives. Had him sacked once or twice, I saw. Um, Wes Welker managed to drop a a sure-fired first down. Yeah, Welker's been dropping a few this year. There's a few, there's a few. Let's not mention the Super Bowl to him either. (laughs) (laughs) So therefore, you're sitting there going, right, we've got an opportunity. These guys have come out fumbling. They're not quite ready first quarter. They've got some jitters. Not to mention Gronkowski injuring himself on a play down the sideline as well. He refractured his arm, they reckon, don't they? Yeah, that wasn't pretty, was it? I mean, to be honest, that was his first catch, is it as well? And I don't know whether it wasn't even a catch; it was out of bounds. Well, it was out of bounds, <laughs> but he did he did catch the ball. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand where he fractured his arm, unless it was literally because I mean there wasn't much contact, unless it was just literally it must through have the, been the landing. It must, have, yeah. Um, it didn't look that hard, but anyway, I really don't like seeing people going out, especially that it was the first play, and you saw the pain written all over his face, poor guy, because it literally was gritted teeth. 
Yeah. So you have literally got, I'm throwing one, a two, a three, a four opportunities on your lap. Four opportunities on your lap. And you're taking ten points away from that? Houston, we have, we a, have problem. a problem. <laughs> Did not see that coming. <laughs> Did not see that coming at all, mate. Was not finishing your sentence whatsoever. <laughs> right, so, also I think in this game, another possible contender for offensive impact player for me this week was Vareen Vareen ah oh, must great admit game he had. it was if I mean it was because Kaepernick made such the impression because I'd slated him that I gave it to him but Vareen as just the the fact is I've been with Ridley all year yep the back foundation to, of his fantasy league as well I, as I, mine I, I, yeah my running backs literally did it for me this year where I literally I went through the scattering reports earlier this year I found Ridley as a guy to watch and he did not disappoint me this year 1200 then, yards yeah, didn't he this year I'll tell you what, what uh, sixth round or something like that literally from nobody, some nowhere nobody college nowhere Cinderella story yeah we all love him don't <laughs> we let's face it that's what makes some, sometimes it really puts the, the humanity into the league but the serene guy hard-working, robust, alternative back, comes in, punches out, getting himself three touchdowns on the day. He did, yeah. yeah. I like that very much, Lynn. Yeah, he had a one-yard touchdown run. I think he had a ten-yard touchdown catch, catch as well. Yeah. And putting New England up 17-3. Yeah, I mean, it was like, guys, it's like, seriously, it's like, once Tom Brady sat there and went, well, if you're not going to capitalise on us being slow, then I'm literally going to punish you for it. The one thing they did capitalise on, though, was when Goskowski, what was he doing at that kickoff? I don't know where he was going for an onside kick, he was trying to squib it, whatever he was doing, but it was ugly. It was. I mean, I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't know if that was orders from the big chief Belichick himself, but he likes to do crazy stuff like that, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. But all in all, though, it didn't really matter, did it? <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> New England look really strong. Um, Adri, you've been saying for a while, what probably about week nine or eight, you sat and went, watch for New England. They're, they're going to be back there again this year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, unless Baltimore... Potentially the team of destiny with Mr. Ray oh, Lewis. You, it would be awesome. Uh, no offence, New England fans, but you've got to love the whole idea of him going out on a bang. Come on. Absolutely. And if you Big want, chief. If you want destiny as well, then you'd probably put Atlanta in the Super Bowl against him because it would be good for the likes of Tony Gonzalez, who probably doesn't have many years left either, Wait. for him to have won his first playoff game you and then end up in, in the, the Super tears. Bowl. Yeah, the, absolutely. The tears. He was oh and, f- oh and 5 in playoff. The sort of never quite made it sort of thing that the the, um, the bridesmaid never the bride as it were not even a single I mean that's the thing that got me I was like okay I can understand there's lots of guys who never made it to the Super Bowl but considering how how many times he'd actually been into a playoff into game. a playoff game throughout his entire career not just Atlanta because Atlanta had been there quite a lot in the last couple of years yeah but he had a he had a playoff appearance in Kansas didn't he yeah but you've not even won a <clears> single playoff game 0-5 in the playoffs I mean, that's going to be a kick in the nuts. And then he got it, and you saw it. I mean, because I thought it was going to go 0-6, and I felt for the guy, because they showed him on TV when they scored and went that one point up. Yeah. Literally with the, the seconds left to he go. He gutted. And the look on his face was literally welling up. And then when they actually went out and actually got the chance to do it and, and did... And he was the one that caught oh, that catch as well oh. for, to get him in field goal position. So. I mean, the tears welling up. Now, I, I didn't cry because I'm, I'm a, I'm a real, real man, man and I don't cry, <laughs> right? I just make really bad jokes and stuff like that. It was, at the same time, I was literally sort of, at the same, I did Saturday night with Baltimore, really sort of egging on Ray Lewis to come back and, and win that. And like I said, it was pretty much the only reason I stayed up to that ungodly hour. Yeah. Again, sound like an old man, but Jesus, that was a long game. 
Um, it was absolutely amazing to see the emotion, what it means to these guys, what it means. I mean, some of the, some of these youngsters that are coming out, all the off we we've spoke about the off season, yeah. stupid, the stupidity in the last off season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's been someone else added to the the list this week. I do believe there was a player cut from a team. It's now slipped my memory. I wrote this down earlier to actually express on the podcast, but there was a player actually cut earlier for a incident involving the police. I can't remember where it is. It's um not a playoff team. It's one of the one of the other teams, but literally the player's been cut from it and probably won't play again. But the guy was only about twenty four which wow, he had started yeah. his career. It's like these young guys make these mistakes of thinking what are these guys playing for? And you look at the likes of Tony Gonzalez putting it out there, Ray Lewis. Yeah. That these guys really show the true meaning of football, the spirit of football. Absolutely. And we'll just finish up now then. So looking ahead to our championship Sunday. Ooh. What a Sunday night it's gonna be. Yeah. Um got San Francisco at Atlanta, I believe, is the first game, isn't it, this Sunday? Uh, the early kickoff. Yes, because yes, it's, it's in Atlanta, we've got the they East the Coast. Yeah. One seed, so they're first up in the Georgia Dome. See, even despite their performance last week, I'm still thinking... Gabonick! Gabonick! And that defence, and my boy Dante Whitner. One of the hardest safeties. I, I mean, I think what's called it, Kaepernick, especially the fact that he he kind of plays like Russell Wilson, is the fact that he'll be able to watch the tape against him, and actually then, as his style is quite similar, he'll be able to then sit there and go, well, pretty much the only way they're going to stop me is by running the same kind of defense, and by running the same kind of defense, I've just watched it. Yeah. So I think the offensive line is a great offensive line in, in San Francisco. Yeah. They are going to literally eat up that extra blitz, and you know what? What was a very sort of risky manoeuvre, and like we saw it in the second half when they came to come back to it, um, leaving that secondary very exposed, Kaepernick's going to have lunch of it because literally they break the blitz, over- overload one side. Oh no, you've got through. I'm going to f- slip through the gap. He's going to make the plays off with his feet or his arm. Or, or to, cra- yeah, to Crabtree or one of the greatest <laughs> deep threats in the game, Randy Moss, who's still like liable does. to pull one or two touchdown catches what was in. It? Two catches last week, was it? It, was, it wasn't an amazing game, but you, you have to be aware that he's still there. Absolutely. And if it does end up being a San Francisco, New England Super Bowl, you can pretty much put some money on Randy Moss scoring a touchdown in that game, that I think. would be awesome. Yeah, that would be a... Hi, hi, Bill. Hi, Tom. <laughs> I must admit I have got to the fact is that now what's happened I know it would be New England favourite but if we were to do the swings this week I am going to put the money into Baltimore because literally I am in I am enamoured with the whole Ray Lewis Cinderella story going out on a bang and I want it to stay so I'm going to bleep I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and I'm literally going to go with it Baltimore to eke out a very gritty dirty maybe another overtime victory Wow, so that's your... We're talking like 48-52, something silly like that. Well, that leaves me with lots of games to choose from for my <laughs> string of the week. <laughs> so, <laughs> make it easy for you this week. Make yeah. it easy for you. My is going to be San Francisco over Atlanta, but it's going to be a lot closer than some of my predictions. I'm thinking this one is another potential overtime, probably a three-pointer, mm-hmm. one of the kickers, and... You know what? It'll either be... I think San Francisco will do it, but you're relying on David Akers in overtime. Yeah. It's going to be the most important kick of the season. How will he fare with some of the kicks he's missed this year? Yeah, uncharacteristically. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be on the shoulders because, of course, we've seen what um, Brian can do. Well, we've just seen it, haven't we, this this week? Yeah, but, absolutely. Okay, he has done a few times this season, that's it, hasn't he? Atlanta have had to come back. You know, that record wasn't exactly just glossed over. No, it was in the last minute against the incredibly bad teams like Oakland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they played bad all game and somehow came away with a win. A bit like Manchester United do in the Premier League. They can play bad all game, but somehow they'll find a way to beat you in the dying minutes or in Fergie time, as it's otherwise referred to. And I'm not going to touch this conversation whatsoever. <laughs> not just because I actually support a, a lower league team and I'm going to steer clear of the Premiership stuff, so we're going to... Leave that for another po- podcast, another day. And absolutely, and well, that's enough from us this week, I think. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We've certainly enjoyed ourselves this week. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, until next week, everyone, take care. Marcus, it's been a pleasure. <laughs>